1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Please gamble responsibly. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers are looking to cut Celtic's gap at the top to six points When they take on St Johnston in Perth James Forrest says Scotland are losing a great leader in Scott Brown But is still optimistic about the national team's future And Neil Lennon regrets his killy outburst as he's hit with two charges by the Scottish FA I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight are Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna And we're just delighted to get some football Hopefully in Perth, St Johnston against Rangers at Tynecastle Hearts against Kilmarnock A lot of football off tonight Dundee United Against Queen of the South Falling victim to the The cold snap Just a few minutes ago Dumbarton against Cali Thistle Breaking against Infermline went Both League 1 games off as well At Airdrie and Alloa And also the game Just postponed Stenhouse Muir against Cowdenbeath in League 2 It could be worse though The country's in the grip Of the beast from the east And you and I are here With the pest from the west <laughs> you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm quite, yeah I'm quite happy with that The pest from the west yeah. I think that might stick on Okay uh, let's look ahead to St Johnston Against Rangers For any Rangers fans That are just getting in the car This is Super Scoreboard by the way This is not the weather report But mm. just since Everyone seems to be talking about it Andrew McLean Is at McDermott Park Andrew for any Rangers fans Still in the car Anything to worry about in Perth? Not at all. It's actually quite clear That's what I like to here. Hear. Yeah, it was uh, driving through Stirling earlier on. There was quite a bit of snow, but I've got up here to Perth and it is nice and clear. The pitch looks in good condition, to be fair. A bit frosty. I was down there at pitch side. Looks a bit frosty, but not really any snow in sight. The the sky looks quite clear so absolutely no doubt that this game will be kicking off at 7.45 Right, back to the football then now we've all played amateur weathermen for the last couple of minutes what can we expect on the field tonight? Big game, I'm sure you'll agree Well, of course, you know it's at this point in the season where every single point is vital for every team St Johnson were of course winners at the weekend against Ross County and they bagged a point on their trip to Celtic Park before that however, that did come after a poor run of form either side of the winter break Brendan Rodgers actually suggesting that St Johnson Johnson's players up their game against the two old firm sides uh, as their last league win before that came against Rangers at Ibrook so we'll maybe need to keep an eye on that one as for Rangers they look to be hitting their stride under Graham Murty at the moment just one loss in their last 10 games in all competitions and with a chance to close that gap on Celtic to six points and put the pressure on I'm sure they'll be right up for this one tonight they seem to have settled on a bit of a solid starting 11 over the last few weeks but we expect that there might be one change tonight hearing that Declan John may well be suffering from a groin injury so will that accelerate the return of Lee Wallace who knows or will there be another player that will step into that we'll get the teams in around 40 minutes here from McDermott Park for St Johnston versus Rangers get your pre-match thoughts in we're going to get the thoughts of Gordon DL and Roger Hanna but we want to know what you think Rangers fans Chance to put pressure on If you can call it that The gap could be cut to six points Yes of course Celtic would have a game in hand tomorrow night But the incentive is still there What do you think of tonight's game? How big a challenge is it going to be? Would you change the team at all? Or stick with what you had at the weekend? Let us know 01419511025 We are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Yeah I watched him at the weekend Gordon And you asked the question there Would you change the team Or would you stick with uh, the team that Beat Hearts comfortably You've got to say And uh, Saturday I would stick with the same team If if John's fit If Declan John's not fit Lee Wallace coming back in there After all those months being out uh, He might put Hodson in there at left back I would imagine that would happen Gordon And just keep it as it is 
I said on Saturday, uh, I thought Rangers played very well um, against Hearts and only for a goalkeeper, it could have been a lot, lot more. Um, they moved the ball quicker, they've got a good shape about them. They started under Murty with a, a diamond shape and I, I, I didn't think it suited the players and when he brought in new players in January, he found a system that the players look comfortable in. They're playing some good football. Yes, there's still a bit of... Um, you know, work to be done, especially Hearts had a five, ten minute spell and, and Rangers at the back looked a bit ropey. Uh, but apart from that, they controlled the full game after that. Um, they went on to create chance after chance. How uh, Josh Windass didn't add to his goal tally was unbelievable, but his movement, his runs were c- causing all sorts of problems. And the big factor is they've got a good balance in the middle of the park, Goss and Doherty. I felt Doherty on Saturday was magnificent. I really did. For a young lad that's just went into Rangers, trying to settle into it, thought he was great. The boy goes, and I see Murty out saying that he wants to make that a permanent deal. I can understand that. I think they've looked better, Daz, away from home than they have at home this season, Rangers. We spoke in the show last Tuesday night. Well, the results would, would back that yeah, up. Yeah, they just scored 11 goals at Ayr and at Hamilton the previous two Sundays. And, and we looked... At the home game at Ibrox against Hearts on Saturday And said this was going to be the real test for them You were there lads They've come through with flying colours And now they go to Perth St Johnson will have to come out They'll have to try and make the play And I think that opens things up for the pace of Kandias The pace of Windus The pace of Murphy This is where Rangers pick teams off away from home So I would fully expect Rangers would go And win the game tonight And a wee googly for left back Would Andy Halliday be an option? Well the eagle-eyed amongst us on social media have noticed that the Rangers Instagram, I believe, did put a picture up of the shirts in the dressing room. Declan Johns was there, so we will wait to see mm-hmm. um, what's going to happen as far as team news is regards. 01419511025, let us know your thoughts. Let's get the thoughts, though, in the meantime, of Graham Murty. He says it's not really about revenge as they head to McDermott Park, but remember the last time these sides met, it was a 3-1 win for St. Johnson at Ibrooks That came back in November. Rangers looking to re-establish a six-point gap Celtic of course playing tomorrow But Murty is not underestimating How difficult this task could be It's not about revenge We congratulate them They came and did a job on us at Ibrox We want to go and do a job on them Because we want to continue our evolution as a team We want to continue improving We want to continue to actually push on And finish the season on a high And the only way we can do that Is to embrace the challenge And go and put in a really really good performance We know we have the quality in the squad To go and get a win but as I've said, it's about performance level now and, and, and making sure we come back with a positive result. Well, I've just shown them the goals that we conceded at Ibrox. So we, we know how structured they are. We know where they perform, uh, sorry, produce a threat from. So it's up to, up to us to accept what they're going to try and do and try and nullify that as quickly as we can and then try and go and impose our style upon the game. But the players have been fully briefed on, on what kind of threat they're going to bring to the game and... and we have to be ready, whoever selected, to go and see that out. I expect a difficult game. It's not for me to comment on Tommy's team. I expect a difficult game. I expect our opponents to be hard to beat. No one in this league is going to roll over for us. We have to go and push our own agenda and make sure that we actually are, are forthright and forceful and aggressive in our game plan. And, and we accept what our opponents bring, whatever level they are capable of getting to. David is in Pollock. David's a Rangers fan. David, give us your pre-match thoughts then ahead of this one. Um, well, yeah, I was listening to you earlier on, guys. You were talking about the defence. Um, I think that's our weakest part of the team. 
Um, on Saturday, every time the, the ball went into the, the Rangers box, you were sitting on the edge of your seat because you didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, sometimes it was schoolboy stuff. I don't know if it's just Russell Martin and the boy Bates having they, having they connected, but some, some of the defending was absolutely terrible Saturday. Well, David, I mean, Gordon, uh, they obviously... I did say, Gordon, that, that there was times for the five or ten minutes that Hearts had... and. You've got to give credit to Rangers because you're not going to, I don't care who you are, you're not going to dominate a game for 90 minutes. The other team will put a little bit of pressure on you. And David's right, it was a bit, some of the defending was a little bit ropey. Um, but Managed a clean sheet, I suppose. Exactly, it, it, exactly, and you're going to have that. But there was a couple of nervy times for the Rangers fans. But um, I think that young Bates has come in. I think he's doing a terrific job. I think, I said last week, one-to-one defender, I think he's as good as anything just now. He's, if I'm critical of him, I think he's used to ball, ball is not good from the back. But you're a defender, defend first and foremost. Russell Martin brings the experience. But you're going to come under a little bit of pressure, but they have to tighten up in that defence because when they come up against teams that are going to have a goal, like Celtic, for instance, in the, the 11th of March, they've got to really be on their toes. What, what does this mean, David? Does this mean you would you know, like to see a personnel change there? I know that Bruno Alves is obviously a, a big-name signing. He's had to be patient on the sidelines now that he's back from injury. Are you suggesting a change in that area? I, I, would, I would think so. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who's got plenty of experience. Um, as I said, not no slagging the boy Bates. The boy, the boy Bates has done well since he came in. We've not really got anybody else for that position. Um, the boy McCrory and that still out. David, just quickly, would you replace Bates with Alves? Yeah. Oh, never in a million years for me. Uh, the one thing I did notice about Alves for the first time, as you know, Gordon, and I sit between five o'clock and six, and I'm quite a lonely figure in the in the gantry, and I watch everything that goes on. Alves came out himself at the weekend there. And trained for easily 45, 50 minutes doing runs and getting himself into a bit of fitness under his belt. But I certainly wouldn't leave Bates out. I think Bates is probably their best defender just now. It's difficult, but you know, I, people talk about Alves, but they're talking about Alves by reputation. Yeah, absolutely. Not what they've seen of him this season. You know, for every for every caller like David who comes on to say Alves should be back in the team, with callers on the show last week still unhappy. Uh, Alves' contribution in the first half of the season The way he disappeared to Madrid for treatment for his first injury um, The way he went out the, the last Old Firm game at Celtic Park before New Year They still have their doubts over Bruno Alves And it's almost a case of if it's not broken don't fix it And I, I'm, I'm not going to say Russell Martin and David Bates Are suddenly the best centre-half pairing Rangers have ever had Far from it but they kept a clean sheet against Hearts at the weekend. I think it's a pairing that is getting better the longer they play together. And I'm not sure throwing in Bruno Alves or, for argument's sake, Fabio Cardozo would do anything to, to improve matters. Uh, by the way, Rangers fans, the snow is now on in Perth. So <laughs> I, I, Andrew, the weatherman's going to be getting it tight because he told us there was no problem. The sky was clear, the pitch was great. The snow is yeah, now on in Perth. Michael Fish also said there was going to be no <laughs> hurricane. Remember what happened then? This is very true. Uh, David. You've expressed your concerns about the back line What about on the other side of the coin then? What's What's been impressing you? What's given you optimism ahead of tonight? Uh, but, I mean, the boy the boy Murphy Had, had a great game uh, he, he seemed to control most of the players Everything seemed to go through him uh, The boy Dockery had, had, had the best game I've seen In the Rangers jersey since he came in January 
Um, he seemed to control the midfield. Because maybe Grant Holt's not there, the boy Holt's not there, sorry. Um, I don't know, but... I, Did I'm, you not I'm think Kandias like, had a terrific, especially second half, David? I thought uh, some of his deliveries into the box... Uh, uh, for a centre forward, I think they're magnificent. If you're if you're Morelis, you must be thinking, you know, just give the ball to him because he'll deliver. And for a defender and a goalkeeper, the quality is that good. He, he puts him under so much pressure. I've been really impressed with him since um, you know the last few months, and I, I, I think the lad's doing very very well. He, he came under obviously Pedro Coutinho's signing, and everybody thought all the signings that he brought in weren't good. Um, but I think this guy has stood up to it. It reminds me does, of, of Paul Le Guin six months at Rangers, and everyone said, Oh, the signings are terrible, he doesn't know a player. And yet, Sasa Papaj stayed on, and Sasa Papaj won a place in Walter Smith's team, was a crucial player for years, reached a European final, won every domestic honour. And the Rangers fans grew to love Sasa Papaj. You wonder if Daniel Candeas can be. That player from the Pedro Cascina regime, you know, the only one of the signings. Who well, can we've got Morelos, go who's, who's banging in, who bangs in the goals, and and is working very hard. But you're right, Roger. I thought that he would be one when the the Cascina left. I thought he'd be one that would leave as well. But the lad's been there, and I think he's been terrific. I really do, and I think he deserves his place in the team. Graham Murty also says he's not giving up on, on any title race until it's arithmetically impossible but he's only taking it a game at a time and that does start tonight against Tommy Wright's side Until it's mathematically impossible we have to keep on pushing on but as I've said all the way through all we can do is keep aiming high and keep making sure our performance level is right If people slip up, they slip up but we can't actually count on anything going our way What we have to do is make our own look and make sure our performance level is, is commensurate to the task. And the task at hand is to go and win a game tomorrow. So we have to make sure all of our energies are focused on that. I believe we have the capacity to troll any team in the country. That's, that's all I will say, because belief, talking about it, saying that we're going to do this, do that, means absolutely nothing unless you go and back it up. So I believe we've got a squad and a team that's capable on any given day of going out and beating our opponent. What we have to make sure that we do is not get too carried away. We have to make sure we take care of our business. And the business that we have is a very, very tough game against an organised opponent who beat us last time we played them. So we need to make sure we're ready for that challenge and that challenge only. And if it puts us in a better position, a more positive position, that's all we can really look to do. Stuart's in Canvas Lang. Hi, Stuart. How you doing, guys? All good, Stuart. Um, What's your point? I just wanted to see how... Um and I'm a silly fan, obviously, but I'm impressed with what Murphy's done for Rangers. I think he's transformed them. From the beginning of the year, I watched a couple of their games, and I think their midfield looked very, very impressive. Um, I mean, Goss has got the best last couple I've ever seen, honestly, and Murphy's a very good player. But the point I want to make is, is that see the old Finn game in a fortnight? It's going to be a physical game, which it always is. Now, I'm not knocking James Forrest, but do you think James Forrest should play in that game? Because when the going gets tough, he doesn't really want to know, and I think it'll be a tough, tough game. Personally, I would leave him out. I don't know if you guys think. Um, Stuart, me personally, uh, not a chance would I leave James Forrest out. I think James Forrest, the way he's going, has got to be Scotland's player of the year. He's been absolutely brilliant this season. Uh, he's a threat. He can score goals. Um, He's playing, if Declan John's playing at left back, which if he's fit will probably uh, be the case, 
Um, no, I'm sorry, I don't think there's a, any chance Brendan Rodgers will even think he'll leave James Forrester. I don't I can't understand where you're coming from with that one, Stuart. Where I'm coming from, I go and watch him, Gordon, and Stephen the going gets tough. Really, honestly, he hides out the road, Gordon. And that's what I'm saying, and the going that I die, which is going to be very, very tough. Don't kid myself here. And I just think he doesn't want to know. See, if a, if a, if a fullback hits him really hard, Really, at the beginning of the game, you watched James Forrest and he'll go and hide, by the way. You bet my bottom dollar, but I've watched him so many times. And if a full back hits him really hard, he'll hide. That's all, that's all I think, Gordon. Well, I, I, I don't remember him hiding on Sunday at Petaudry. Did he not play that ball in for Moussa Dembele's opening goal? And, you know, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not knowing him. He's a great player. When the going's good, he's good. But when the going gets tough, I just think he's one of these guys that hides you the road. Well, it's interesting because... It's interesting too because we're just debating the Rangers left back and under. We don't know if Declan John's not going to make it tonight. There's sort of mixed messages coming out there. The suggestion is he's got a groin injury. He could be a doubt for the the old firm game. The Rangers throw Lee Wallace in after such a long time out. He's been out now six, almost six months. Did he go with Lee Hodson? Did he go with Andy Halliday? Does he have another trick to change formation? And the one guy who'll be looking forward to finding that out would be James Forrest because he has been on form this season. And if he's up against a makeshift Rangers left back, then you would think he would fancy that. Okay, thanks to Stuart in Canvas Lang. It's time to get your thoughts on Scott Browning. I know we had this last night, but it's certainly going to keep everyone going because James Forrest has given us his reaction to Scott Brown's international retirement. We'll hear from him after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Backing Scottish football all season long. Please gamble responsibly. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, building up to kick off in the big games across the SPFL this evening. We're going to hear from James Forrest. He talks about his disappointment that Scott Brown has retired from the Scotland setup. So let us know what you think and who might replace him with the captain's armband 01419511025. We'll get to that in just a sec. First, let's take a call from Alan Indrum Chapel, wants to talk about Bruno Alves. Hi, Alan. Hello panel, how are you? Oh good, what's your point Alan? Uh, my point is about Bruno Alves, right, and I was going to say, when I first, when uh, Pedro first brought Bruno, uh, Bruno to Ibrox, I thought he was a good, he's going to be a really good player, because uh, for the Portugal team, he plays alongside, say, like Ronaldo and that, and I was wondering when he came, he played, when he came, uh, he's going to be a good role model for the, the young, like, Beerman and Bates and that, when he came into the squad. But the game's kept going on. I thought he's he's not doing any any better, and I'm thinking now he's he's not doing very much to be a good role model to these young players like Beerman and Bates and that. I just want to put that point to you to see how you think about well, that. Well, first and foremost, Alan, you don't know what sort of role model he's being day in day out on the training ground because like you like myself. You don't watch Rangers training every day. You don't uh, see or hear what what's going on in the dressing room. So um, the one thing I, I I will say, and I, I touched on it earlier in the program, I think he's got a good attitude because he was the only player that came out the tunnel on Saturday and trained on his own for forty five fifty minutes. So to be fair, that might just have been part of his schedule, and it wasn't for, for other players. No, I'm not. No, I'm not talking about that, but. He, you know, he could have easily, Graham Murky, Murty wouldn't have insisted on it, Gordon. He decided to take that upon himself. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about other players. I'm giving uh, Alves credit to the fact that if you've got a 
Say a poor attitude Or you're in the huff That you're not playing We've all, we've all been there you, you get in You get a shower And you get out the ground As quick as you can Well obviously He decided I'm not doing that I want to go out there And show I've got a good attitude I want to keep working hard So But Alan's <laughs> point is About Alves With the younger players We don't know what's going on I would be I would be amazed That uh, Bruno Alves Isn't in helping The younger players Like Bates And talking to him After a game Talking to him Before the game In the dressing room He's got bags and bags Of experience but reputations count for nothing You've got to earn the strip And so far I think Russell Martin and Bates Are the best centre yeah, pairing just and, now and, and Bruno always wasn't signed As a mentor or a coach He, he was signed as a centre half And he's been a disappointment To Rangers fans As a centre half um, If he passed on experience To a Bates or a Cardozo Or any of the young defenders Then great But the real job for him When he came in Was to be a mainstay In the back four He's not achieved that And at the minute He doesn't deserve his place in the team Do you want to come back in on that one Alan? Yes is it Well I don't know if this is true But you maybe clear it up for me It was maybe Last Last season Or At the start of this season uh, When Bruno, uh, Bruno Alves uh, Was playing for Rangers And then he's, It was one weekend I heard he was injured But it was a couple of weeks later Then the internationals came up and I seen, I heard that Bruno Alves was running up and down the sidelines with Portugal. If you're injured, then you can't play. I don't. If that's true, can you clear that up for me, please? But how long's an injury, Alan? You can pick up an injury and miss one game. Uh, and then be fit for the following game You can pick up an injury And miss Say for instance On a Saturday You can pick up an injury Miss Sunday Monday and Tuesday's training And still playing the Wednesday So I think you're being a bit unfair in that I think that just Maybe a little bit of rumours Flying you, about you, you in your career You quite often picked up injuries Miss training And were fit for a Saturday yeah, It's funny how that Saturday. works sometimes yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah Okay thanks to Alan Indrum Chapel Let's hear from James Forrest He says he's disappointed As a Scotland player That Scott Brown's retired But believes it is good news from a Celtic perspective Now the winger says Brown is a great leader But he is excited for what the future holds for the national team That's despite the loss of the captain Yeah I think uh, everyone like, in the, the Scotland set up will, will be uh, disappointed like, Because of the, the influence he does have like, on and off the park But uh, it's, it's obviously uh, Bruni's decision and uh, like, it's, it's up to him And he's, uh, he's a great character uh, on and off the park And he's always... He's, He's the type of player that you definitely want on your on your team and, and not against them. And uh, yeah, I think it, it's a positive for Celtic that he's uh, he's obviously reti- retiring from international. He'll, he'll be be able to keep going for Celtic for a few more years. And yeah, I, th- I think everyone will be positive like, from Celtic in, in that at that point. We'd, he's obviously re- re- retired before, but he, but he came back because he was he was feeling good and he, he was feeling fit. And he, he has been really good the last couple of, couple of seasons and. Uh, yeah, it's, I think he, he said it's, it's it's time for him now, and uh, he, he wants to prolong the, the Celtic career. Yeah, he's a, he's a great leader, but I'm sure. Uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be other boys at Scotland that maybe think that they can uh, can hopefully like, step up now. I think it's it's an exciting new stage now, like new manager. Everyone will be trying to impress and try and get in the squad, and then uh, obviously involved in the, the Scotland games coming up. It's a big story that, that happened yesterday, Gordon, of course Scott Brown's international retirement uh, We haven't had the chance to get your thoughts on it Yes, um, I think that I always said that if I was picking a team I'd pick Scott Brown in it um, He's decided because of the age And he's, he's come out of retirement for Gordon Strachan I think it's the right move I think that Alec McLeish's been in there 
Um, we're home to move on now. Um, well, we miss Scott Brown. Time will only tell. Um, I like Scott Brown, um, but. I just think that uh, he's decided for the best and Celtic are, are happy with that decision Scott Brown's happy with that decision um, so we just move on from it Gordon and it's as simple as that and it gives other players now an opportunity to stake a claim with Alec McLeish in the Scotland side Yeah, I, th- I think the timing of it was sensible um, there's a new campaign there's a new manager there are new players coming through and I think Scott, having retired before, having come back for Gordon Strachan, I think it's obviously been in his mind to go again. And I think he's been fair to Alec McLeish. He's been fair to everyone to go now rather than play a few games, a couple of friendlies, maybe a couple of Nations League games and go before the Euros. It provides clarity for Alec McLeish. Um, I believe he's naming his squad a week tomorrow for the Costa Rica and Hungary games. And it allows him to start with a blank sheet of paper and you know, build a team in the four friendlies at the end of this season that's going to be ready to go into the Nations League games come the autumn. John's in Paisley. Hi, John. Hi, how you doing? All right. All good, John. What's your point on this? Uh, before I go any further, guys, I've got about two percent on my battery. I'm sitting <laughs> charge just now, right, uh, and getting out for a meal. But I'm going to keep us quite short and sweet. I'm a Celtic fan myself, right? Um, we're talking about you know Scott Brown retiring and how how Celtic go, how they're going to be. You know, playing after he finishes up, etc. To be honest with you, I think Scott has an overpowering um, persona about him. To be honest with you, and it reflects in the team. Um, cracking player, maybe far far too good at times. Puts too much into the park, and it's like anything. If you're working in a place, you know, and, and you're knocking your pan in, people take a back seat. If Scott didn't play at Glasgow um, when Zenit were playing. And the team were absolutely phenomenal. They worked well as a team. They just they were fantastic. It's actually the best I've seen Celtic play for a long time. Now you've got all that hype generating going over to Zenit. Now, everybody should be buzzing out their head. Now, basically they should be playing double better than they were at Glasgow. Scott was on, you know, I seen the the, the papers saying how he had his T shirt on and you know, that, this might all come across very silly and some people might be negative towards what I'm saying. But, you know, people perform under people and they perform differently. And I think Scott is just getting a wee bit too much, you know, kind of... John, what you, tr- you try to say that Celtic are a better side without Scott Brown? I'm not saying that. No, not at all. You know, that that's what I expected you to say. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just asking. No, uh, not at all, not at all. I'm just saying, you know, the whole Scots heading over to Zenit with a T-shirt on and, you know, all the boys are, you know, Scots a tough guy. You know, personally, I think, you know, when he's on the park sometimes, he, he upsets the whole team. I'm not saying people don't perform to their best ability and maybe they just took a back seat. You know, Scots running about daft. He never played in the Glasgow. You, you seen the team against them uh, at Glasgow, so that that that's my feelings about the guy. Sometimes it reflects in the team. Sometimes there's just too much speaking. You know, Scott putting his, his aura into the guys. You but, know, having the puddle. John, I, would I, you, I I'm just wondering, John. Just to clear up, though, I mean, would would you not give credit to Scott Brown for being part of the team which which won the first leg? I understand, yeah, totally, but, you know, there's, I'm not disputing that at all. I'm just saying, you know, people, you look on with Scotland, look how far we get, and it happens time and time again. You know, they've got their dreams in Europe, finished again. 
you know, why? You know, that's what we've got to be start start asking ourselves. Well, what, what, what what is it that happens to us? You know what? Right, we've not got the money. We've not got this. Everybody puts us. We've not got the money. We've not got the money. Every team in Scotland's not got the money to go to to other places. But you see these these small league teams abroad. You know, Zen are exactly the the best team in the world. Do you know what I mean? We, we should have done better than that. And personally, you know, that is my thought. So, and I think Scott upsets the upsets the team slightly, and they just take a back seat. You know, you know, a boss people. What somebody's not in a pan in, you take a but I've seen it, I've seen it with many a team. That that's just my personal thought. So it's but a, I'm it's gonna leave that. I'll no doubt have all the people phoning in now so It's alright, your battery will go, you'll not hear them, John. Exactly. Uh, John, listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's well, a new one, John. I must admit I've not heard well, listen, I've not heard well, any listen, Celtic John, fans. Gordon, with John is entitled to his opinion. But what I'll say is the Celtic fans coming home from Petodre on Sunday afternoon were in love with Scott Brown. They've seen the way he bounced back up from the Sam Cosgrove tackle, the way he strutted down the side of the pitch, the way he performed through the game. They were delighted with Scott Brown. Um, on Thursday night, now we've analysed the defeat in St Petersburg. We spoke about it in the show on Saturday. We spoke about you know the areas where Celtic underperformed. But if you listen to Brendan Rodgers, and he's the important guy, speaking immediately after the game, the three players he... Exonerated from any blame Were Moussa Dembele Olivier Encham And Scott Brown He praised Scott Brown For his performance in St Petersburg So Brendan Rodgers clearly Has Scott Brown's name First in the team sheet When he spoke yesterday You know While he conceded it was bad news for Scotland That Scott Brown was retiring He conceded it's good news for Celtic Scott Brown's not 33 yet Scott Brown will be summer, yeah. yeah Scott Brown will be around In that Celtic team for a long time to come Certainly for as long as Brendan Rodgers is going to be You know Is going to be there You would think There'll be a place there for Scott Brown Robert on, on the line What do you make of this Robert? Hi uh, How you doing? Uh, it was more uh, I was just following up With the, the James Forrest statement Where um, James Forrest was saying uh, Scott Brown was feeling good about, good about himself That's why he came by mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like that that's ludicrous Because the only reason Scott Brown came back Was so he could play against England Everyone knows that well, I don't know if everyone knows it Robert It might be your theory It might be the theory of, of many others But I'm not sure how you can How you sort of prove that one Well that's, that's what my view is And hopefully now he's retired I hope nobody opens the door for him to come back Because that's mm. the second time he's retired And left the team now yeah, you would have to have that. It's going to be final think, this time, I, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think the fact that England, the fixture was there, helped Scott Brown. But I think Scott Brown's idea of coming back was basically with the re- relationship, sorry, he had with Gordon Strachan. And I think Gordon Strachan said, look, come back and uh, help us out because Scotland are a better side with Scott Brown in it. Um, and he, when he weighed out all these options up He looked at the England game Of course everybody would love to play in that fixture um, But I think that it's done and dusted now Gordon, he's retired I don't think there's any way mm. back And we move on and start to rebuild uh, And on Robert's theory, Roger Which, listen, may well be the case Who are we to know But James Forrest's version of events Does... Sound realistic If you remember Everyone said Scott Brown was finished Towards the end of Ronnie Dyla And he was coming to the end of his career And, and that's when that coincided with 
And stepping away from international football All of a sudden though Brendan Rodgers comes in He gets a new lease of life And people are saying He's in, he's in the form of his career And, and, and is, is that not why he came back? Yeah I think And, and also he, he did have a bond with Gordon Strack And Gordon Strack was a man Who signed him Took him to Celtic He was a very important figure In Scott Brown's career um, when he spoke with Gordon Strachan It became apparent that Gordon wanted him to come back And I think Scott maybe felt a debt to Gordon Strachan And that's why he's come back um, I'm not convinced even if Gordon Strachan had stayed on as Scotland manager That Scott Brown would have stayed on for this campaign um, I just feel that in his head He wants to extend his Celtic career as long as he possibly can And the best way to do that is to give himself the breaks during the international games um, Have a rest um, Because he has fully committed You know the style of play Scott Brown plays mm. So it will allow him to To rest up During the international breaks And very probably You know Add maybe a year or two To his Celtic career. Rangers and St Johnson Team news will be with us Within the next couple of minutes So stay tuned But before we do that Let me tell you About something very important indeed Clyde One Wholesale domestic bathrooms. Find your next bathroom. Count the cash with up to 70% off. Now, if you're going to brave the snow, brave the cold weather and be out and about in Glasgow in the West over the next couple of days, well, make sure you keep your ears open because one everyday sound could make you a winner and that noise, that everyday sound that you probably pass on your way to work or the way to pick up the kids from school or to the shops or to the gym, one everyday sound could win you £3,175. This is Clyde One and Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms teaming up to bring you What Is It? Where Is It? Now, that £3,175 noise can be heard on Bowie at breakfast Remember this is What is it Where is it We're teaming up with Wholesale to bath- Domestic bathrooms Hillington and Clyde One And all that's left for me to do is Well wish you good luck Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Ladbrooks.com Download the app And score a tap in Please gamble responsibly Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers team news against St Johnson still not with us we'll bring you that as soon as we possibly can so stay tuned and indeed give us your reaction there is another game in the Ladbrokes Premiership tonight of course Hearts against Kilmarnock and the teams are as follows Hearts go with McLaughlin and goal a back four of Randall, Hughes, Berra and uh, Mitchell it's Cowie, Adal, Cochran and Milinkovic in midfield with the front two of Naismith and Lafferty as for Kilmarnock no Chris Boyd and only a place on the bench for Gary Dicker so McDonald and goal a back four of O'Donnell Broadfoot Greer uh, and Taylor midfield three of Power Malumbu and Tishbola and uh, either side of Eamon Brophy Jordan Jones and Rory McKenzie just very brief thoughts on that game tonight Roger yeah I think it'll be a good game um, Kilmarnock if they can get a win at Tynecastle would edge closer to hearts for that fifth play the fact that they'd even go above them tonight Gordon if they win Kilmarnock they're getting very very close to hearts I think reaching the top four in Europe As Steve Clark said on Saturday Is probably going to be beyond them Interesting to see how they cope without Chris Boyd I, th- I think he was um, he was awaiting a, a warm reception Shall we say in Tynecastle After his remarks about the former manager Ian Cathro right. At the start of the season So um, the, the, the injuries maybe just spared them from from quite a reception there The other team news we see A friend of ours does John Baird Debut for Morton tonight In their game at home to Livingston oh, yeah, Morton, Morton are absolutely flying yeah, yeah. At the moment yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Almost going under the radar a bit Because people are looking at The, the very top of the table And, and saying what's wrong with Dundee United and, and can St Mirren keep it going But Morton The run they're on at the moment And especially away from home I know they're back at Capelo tonight But 
Doing great things at the moment Yeah Jim Duffy's a very experienced manager He's uh, been doing a terrific job Since he walked in the door down there um, Gordon to be honest with you Brings in good players Organises his team very very well They seem to go under the radar Because everybody talks about the other teams Like the Dundee United, St Mirren's and everything And Jim just keeps it nice and calm down there And they're winning games They've got a real good side and uh, they've got a big weekend a, coming up. A big win at Inverness for them at the weekend. If they win again tonight, they go within two points of Livingston. And I'd love to hear St Mirren fans, Gordon. What do St Mirren fans want Morton to do tonight? Do they want Morton to win? That keeps a gap between St Mirren and Livingston at 11. Big decision, isn't it? I think we've had this already. Right, we do have team news. I don't think we've got St Johnson's team, but we do have the Rangers team news breaking from Perth. Let's speak to Andrew McLean. I do in fact have both teams in front of me My uh, weather prediction might not have been very good However, thankfully I'm sticking to football Declan John does not start for Rangers tonight Nor does he make the bench I will start with the home team However, end goal for them is Alan Manis It looks as if it will be a back four of Sorry one sec, I'm just uh, taking a look through the team here Just, just Joe Shaughnessy, Stephen Anderson sheet, Don't you worry Alan Manis in goal and the rest of the team is Blair Olsen, Joe Shaughnessy, Stephen Anderson, Murray Davidson, George Williams, Aaron Comrie, Jason Kerr, Chris Kane, Liam Craig and Matty Willock. On the bench, Xander Clark, Chris Miller, Stephen McLean, David Watherspoon, Denny Johnson, Liam Gordon and Cameron Thompson. As for Rangers, as I said before, one change for them, no Declan John in the side, Wes Fodringham is in goal. A back four of James Tavernier, Russell Martin, David Bates and Andy Halliday starting at left back. Sean Goss and Greg Doherty in midfield with Daniel Condeas, Josh Windass and Jamie Murphy in behind the lone striker Alfredo Morelos. As for the Rangers bench, it's Jack Anik, Kenny Miller, Bruno Alves, Jason Holt, Eduardo Herrera, Jason Cummings and... Uh, Lee Hodson The referee is Stephen McLean Roger uh, Hats off to you You predicted mm-hmm. Andy Halliday At left back Rather than Hodson. Lee Hodson Talk us through The thinking there And, and whether you think That's a good idea or not um, I think Graham Murty's thinking is He's been reasonably impressed By Andy Halliday Both his attitude And his application Since he came back From Azerbaijan um, At the end of last month um, Lee Hodson Has not been involved As much Under Graham Murty As he was under Previous managers So it doesn't really surprise me that Halliday's in. It's a, it's a role he's fulfilled before. He came through at Livingston as a left-sided player. Went to Middlesbrough, if you remember, as a left-sided player. So I think he'll fit in there fine. I don't think they need to worry about you know his defensive qualities either. And it's a chance for Andy Halliday. I think it's his you know it's his first Premiership start since he's come back to the club. It's a chance to lay down a marker that perhaps if Lee Wallace isn't going to be ready for another two or three weeks. That is an able deputy for Declan John Colin's on the line He's a Rangers fan Colin what do you make of that team then Andy Halliday In at left back No Declan John tonight Happy with Andy Halliday Being at um, right back somewhere Aye. Happy it's with early. that Yep absolutely Fancy uh, a victory tonight Is it I know that McDermott Park's not been As difficult to go to this season As it has been in the past But how big a challenge Will it be tonight uh, It'll be a challenge It'll look very different To Mexico But Got to go for a four-man win. Mm. Scoring goals, it's goal for every game. Um, so I four-one tonight. Did you have another point to make, Colin? I appreciate it. I just throw that on you a wee bit. I did. Uh, how you doing, Colin? How you doing, Roger? Hi, Colin. Good, Colin. Um, it's for the Jays. Um, now that Lionel Messi's retired from Scotland, um, do you think Greg Dockery and Ross McCoury are future Scotland champ, uh, Scotland uh, uh, captains? 
Is Scott Brown that retired by the way Colin? <laughs> I think he's talking about him before the final message <laughs> Alright okay If um, you say so Well Listen I like Ross McCrory He needs to get fit And get back into the Rangers team And Graham Murphy needs to decide Whether he's a centre half Or a holding midfield player um, Greg Docherty Is a player Is a very very good young man Good player Graham uh, Murphy was right To talk him as a, as a future Scotland international But again I think what he needs to do Is get a run of games For Rangers Between now and the end of the season He seems to be in ahead of Jason Holt now So we need to focus On staying in there Ahead of Jason Holt and at the start of next season Staying in there Ahead of A fit again Ryan Jack And a fit again Graham Dorans and, and people like that Colin I think Probably the likes of John McGinn Is still ahead of them In The Scotland pecking order Alan McLeish just about said as much When he did that That SFA podcast with I can't remember who he did it with Some, uh, some nobody <laughs> <laughs> um, So I think McGinn Who started the game Against Holland at Petodre in November We'll probably start the game against Costa Rica But there are definitely jerseys there up for grabs Callum McGregor, Stuart Armstrong, James MacArthur People like that will all come into the frame And I wouldn't be averse to seeing Dylan McGeoch in the squad either It depends what you mean Gordon by the use of the word future It depends where you're looking Because um, Doherty and McCrory may well go on to have great Scotland careers But at the moment Mm -hmm. both of them are still uncapped So it's not like they're going to replace him as, as captain right now or anything like that no, they're not going to walk into Scotland team and get the armband right away. Um, Gordon, that's that's uh, something maybe for the future if the lads keep progressing. But the one thing they've got to do is cement. Rogers, right? They've got to cement first and foremost. Um, their you know their place in the Rangers side week in week out. Doherty, I thought was terrific in Saturday. McCrory, I thought was very good up until his injury. Um, and Rogers, right about. You know, what will Murty look at him? Is he a centre-back or is he a midfield player? For me, he's a sitting midfield player. They've got a lot of competition in the middle of the park and when everybody's fit. And that's why I don't think these lads will be looking at Scotland just now. They'll be looking at saying, I want to be a number one choice at club level, first and foremost. Beat the pundits with goals in the Scottish sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Neil Lennon has been hit with two charges from the Scottish FA He says he regrets the way he reacted at Rugby Park on Saturday We're going to hear from Neil Lennon in the not too distant future But before we do that, we need someone to play Beat the Pundit Someone in here is going to be Roger or Gordon But if you want to take them on, you have to pick up the phone right now It's 0141 951 1025 And you could play Beat the Pundit right after the news Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Bet and play and pull a result out of the bag. Please gamble responsibly. Johanna and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're going to hear from Neil Lennon. Remember his outburst at the weekend? He called referees amateurish and Mickey Mouse, and he was not happy at all. Well, as you might expect, he's been offered a, well, he's been given a, a couple of charges by the Scottish FA, and he says he regrets the way he reacted. So we're going to hear that from Neil Lennon after we do this. Beat the pundits with goals in the Scottish Sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. It is time to play Beat the Pundit, and it's time to meet tonight's contestant. He's Alan Bruce, and he's a Motherwell fan from Barhead. Hi, Alan. Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad at all, Alan. I'm just wondering, I usually toss the coin, but I just feel like it's only fair that you're a big Motherwell fan and I put you head to head with, with <laughs> your fellow big Motherwell fan, Gordon DL. Do you think that sounds, sounds like a good matchup? 
Okay, that seems fair to me. Yeah, I think, I yeah think we can, we can have a chat tomorrow night at Far Park. Just because Gordon, I'll bring you the ball. Just because Gordon's <laughs> such a, just because Gordon's such a big Muddle fan, Roger, you don't mind, do you? I don't mind at all. No, I'm just going to say, Alan, if you're both going to the game tomorrow night, text us and give them directions to Far Park. Will you? Has it been a while? Has it? No, you were there recently. You were there recently. You're going tomorrow, aren't you? I can. Even if it's really cold you're gonna, oh, you're still gonna I'll go. be there tomorrow right. night Okay Right let's give Gordon DL Some Clyde 2 in his ear So that he can't listen to us Alan it is 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit Okay Okay Right let's do it What was the final score When Rangers last faced St Johnson at Ibrox? Uh, 3-1 St John. Which team are currently 6th In the Ladbrokes Premiership? Uh, Name one of tonight's p- postponed matches in the Championship in Scotland. Uh, game. Who wears number seven for Celtic? Uh, Patrick Which Scottish warrior or junior team Kirkintilloch named after? Pass. Who are currently top of Scottish League Two? Yeah, United. Okay, let's bring Gordon DL back. Are you with us? Yeah, go you for are, it. All right. Same set of questions to you, yes? Yeah. Alan was in fire, by the way. Okay. What was the final score when Rangers last faced St. Johnson at Ibrox? Um, 2 0. Which team are currently sixth in the Ladbrokes Premiership? Kilmarnock. Name one of tonight's postponed matches in the Scottish Championship Dundee United, Queen of South. Uh, who wears number seven for Celtic? Seven. Oh, pass, don't know. Which Scottish warrior or junior team Kirkintilloch named after? Pass. Who are currently top of Scottish League Two? Controls. Okay. How are you feeling about that, Alan? <sighs> uh, could have been better. I've actually realised I've got a couple wrong that I know I should have got. Well, Gordon DL, what I'll say to you, Alan, is you had him rattled. I don't know if it was my uh, mind games at the start when I told him you were on fire because <laughs> yeah, he, looked, he looked a bit <laughs> scared. Number seven, number Just wait and you'll find out. How no does that sound? No, Let's go through them. What was the final score when Rangers last faced St Johnson at Ibrox? I mentioned it earlier on tonight's show. Alan knew it. It was three one to St Johnson. I was there. I know you were. <laughs> Which team are currently sixth in the Scottish Premiership? It's Kilmarnock. Both being Mullow fans, that's how you knew that because that's the team you're trying to catch. So Kilmarnock um, are sixth at the moment. So it's two one to Ooh. Alan after two questions. Name one of tonight's postponed matches in the Championship. You had the likes of Breakin, Dunfermline, Dumbarton, Inverness, and as you quite rightly said, Gordon Dundee United, Queen of South. There we are. Two all after three questions. Who wears number seven for Celtic? It is of course Patrick Roberts, which Alan knew and you oh, didn't. God. So it goes into a three two lead. I think you both just panicked on this one. See if you just take a second. Which Scottish warrior? Or junior team Kirkintilloch Named after Rob Roy Right Yeah Is that it? Yeah. But you said pass <laughs> oh, At the time God, didn't you? You both did So uh, it was Rob Roy So still 3-2 Which means it all comes down To the last question Can Gordon DL equalise? No. You're currently top of Scottish League 2 Alan said air Gordon said Montrose it is Montrose, Alan We go to the oh, tiebreaker yeah. No, it's I don't want a tiebreaker <laughs> yeah, you, you, you should really avoid the tiebreaker oh. You should deliberately get them wrong to throw oh, it but no, anyway. no, I don't know I just can't believe Motherwell involved in a 3-3 draw No, <laughs> this is true This is very true Right, Alan, here's the way it's going to work I'm going to read you the question I'm going to get Gordon DL to write down his oh, answer no. And I will then invite you to tell me your answer, okay? Okay, yeah. Simple question, don't worry, we've, we've streamlined it because sometimes the no. the tiebreaker can be a bit confusing. Very simple. How many different teams have won the Scottish Challenge 
Cup Gordon Dale Write down your answer How many different teams Have won the Scottish Challenge Cup Don't look at Roger Hanna As if he's going to help you Right hold up your bit of paper Okay Alan what's your guess uh, It's not been going for that long So I'm going to go 10 <laughs> This is a disaster oh, Alan we're not laughing at <laughs> your answer This is a disaster <laughs> The Dazzler's written down 10 as well <laughs> Why don't we both get a ball? We've both gone for 10 yeah, I can't believe it Yeah I can't believe it Honestly Right well I'll tell you what Give it to Alan What was the answer? Eh? What was the answer? <laughs> I can't tell you well, I'm going to, Yeah it was 17 well, I was in the years because I went first. Right, I'll tell you what. I'm going. I'm just going to make up another tiebreaker right on the spot right, <laughs> right now. This okay. will be a Motherwell one. Yeah, it does need to be. It does need to oh, be a Motherwell. Very quickly, right, Gordon go DL and Alan Bruce, you're both Motherwell fans. What is Motherwell's goal difference in the Ladbrokes Premiership? You're going to have to be quick because I'm obviously you can't look it up anyway. Quick, show me your answer. Okay, Alan, what are you going for? Motherwell goal difference Something like minus three. Oh, he's got it on the money Minus three Seriously <laughs> Call yourself a Motherwell supporter That's a real Motherwell fan Gordon DL had written down six He was miles away And Alan Bruce A real Motherwell fan Got minus three on the goal difference Right he on the money He googled that Alan, 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 Alan did you google that? No No, he didn't I, I believe him I right, didn't I'll hear. see you tomorrow night Brilliant. Well done Alan The same ball It's on his way to you In fact Gordon can hand deliver it To Fur Park tomorrow Surely You'll you meet up <laughs> Yes <laughs> Good man Alan Thanks well, for taking off, part The match might be off tomorrow With the snow You never know well, he'll, not. he'll be hoping so So that he doesn't have to Come through on that promise Right Alan Well done Thanks, Thanks for taking part much. I'm happy with that Roger Are you? Absolutely uh, Terrific Rob Roy How did Kirkin Tullock Rob Roy Although Roy? I don't think He's been listening Because you said A real Motherwell fan Would know that The implications there <laughs> That maybe the Dazzler Isn't a real Motherwell fan I'm That's outrageous I'm just delighted That I managed to Make up another tiebreak question On the spot Because when you both Said 10 for the Challenge Cup It all fell apart That, that just shows you This is why we'd normally have Really confusing questions On the tiebreak Because that doesn't happen But when it's quite a simple one Somehow you both went for the same answer Anyway We seem to have an audience In the studio tonight well, We sort of do They're, Listen this doesn't really work On radio But if you're listening at home There are a band of about 40 school children Appear to have gathered Outside the window And um, I think they're just Shouting abuse at Gordon DL To be honest For his efforts At, at Beat the Pundit We'll get on with the rest of the they were show They all shouting 17 winners Of the Challenge Cup Exactly They knew Did you know that? And Gordon DL did not Right keep your calls coming 01419511025 We are of course Building up to a big night of football In the Ladbrokes Premiership And beyond But if we're talking about News stories from today Well Hibs boss Neil Lennon He's been hit with two charges By the Scottish FA This of course for his conduct Towards Kevin Clancy In the 2 all draw With Kilmarnock I'm sure you've seen The pictures Le- Lennon reacts very angrily To being sent to the stands This was after The referee gave Kilmarnock a penalty But on reflection The Northern Irishman Says he does Regret his actions I didn't agree With the penalty decision And I didn't agree With me being sent off However my Reaction to the sending off Was regrettable But It was not an insult To injury So from my point of view I I see other managers behave a lot worse than my behaviour was on Saturday. Even when you see the referee come over to talk to me, I'm stood there quite calmly. I disputed the decision at the time, like any other manager would. There was no conversation between me and the referee, and I was sent straight to the stand, hence my reaction, which I've already maintained I regret. Is he going to apologise for sending me off? I don't know. I didn't think it merited a sending off. 
And that's really what, it's not the penalty decision. In the cool later day, you can make these decisions. He's got a split second to make the decision. I still think it was wrong at the time. I think it's wrong now. Fine. The sending off, I was very upset about far more than the award of the penalty. Well, I think I've already said that my, my reaction to the sending off would be deemed as misconduct. You're, you're saying that you weren't happy about being sent off yes. initially. Can you just outline for us your understanding of what happened? Well, the, the decision was made on the penalty. I told the fourth official what I thought of the decision, left it at that, as any manager does. Any manager. When there's a controversial decision like that. The penalty's taken, they score. I'm thinking nothing of it, trying to adjust my tactics or in my head, think what we're going to do next. Next thing, referee comes running over, no conversation, you're off to the stand. So Roger Hanna, Neil Lennon to appear before a hearing at Hamden on March the 15th. Yeah, and you'd love to be a fly in the wall in there, wouldn't you, to, to hear the conversation between the tribunal and Neil Lennon. You can understand why managers get exasperated by decisions um, the referees make decisions in the best faith Sometimes they're humans Listen, they get them wrong Linesmen will get decisions wrong Players and managers get decisions wrong um, The thing that most frustrates managers Is the lack of accountability for referees You know, the number of managers you hear say I phoned the SFA, I phoned John Fleming I spoke to a referee after a game And they never get satisfactory answers From the SFA and they feel that, you know, referees and linesmen who make errors, there's no accountability, there's no responsibility. You know, they don't get dropped the way players would get dropped. And I think that's what annoys the likes of Neil Lennon. You hear other managers talking about it as well. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is. I don't think there's a, you know, there's no perfect science to refereeing, even with the aid of, you know, goal line technology and VAR and all these things. Mistakes will continue to be made. But equally, it doesn't make it any easier for managers to take. Yeah, I can understand um, Neil Lennon's frustration, especially in the heat of the moment, Gordon. Um, 2 nil up and you're thinking, oh, we're going to have a good day there. And uh, all goes belly up. And um, Neil's obviously reacted. And you get caught up in the moment and he's regretted it, obviously. But the one thing you've got to say, it doesn't matter. You can't, you can't act like that. A referee gives a decision. He gives a decision that he thinks right at that split moment. Um, and at the end of the day, you can argue, you can fight. It will never change the decision. It was never going to change. The referee won't change his mind. Uh, Neil's a very passionate football manager. Uh, he's a winner. Uh, but you cannot behave in a touchline the way Neil Lennon behaved and expect to get away from it because it's it's uh, away with it. It's just not on. It's uh, bad conduct. Neil will regret that, and uh, hopefully, uh, once he gets his punishment, because obviously they will punish him, uh, he can move on from it and learn from it. Give us your thoughts. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, or if you'd prefer Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. Uh, Brian is in Stirling. I think he wants to talk about Scott Brown. Though, hi Brian. Hi, good evening, fellas. How are you doing? Oh, good, Brian. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I would say I was driving my lady home and uh, I just listened to a guy, John, talking about Scott Brown. Uh, He claims to be a Celtic supporter who is not happy with with the way that Bruni conducts things. Well, I say to John and to anybody else that that obviously doesn't know nothing about football, Scott Brown is worth his weight in gold. 
the man is Mr Celtic. He's last four, three, four years. He's actually just got better and better and better. Now this is a guy who is vilified, who's been, he's been made a caricature at times. And I mean, there's other things that I, I don't even want to really touch on. But when his beloved sister died, there was things that was uh, said that I, I, I really that hurt me. You know, as a fan, he's Scott Brown, and particularly um, as a Celtic fan, I thought that was inhumane. But when I hear that Scott Brown is the, the football player that. Um, when I hear that he's not been uh, lauded as the football player that he is, I find it really difficult to understand how anybody can can say that. The man has been Scotland captain. Now, Scotland are no in the best shape, and, and I think that comes from grassroots level. But we have produced some great players over the years, especially um, your, your Bruni has, has got... He wears Scotland in his heart. And he, he, he's a he's a hippie as a as a young man, but he wears Celtic in his heart. And he goes to his work. Now this is his job. He goes to his work and he displays passion that is above and beyond. And I, I don't understand when Celtic when he finally finishes his Celtic career, it's going to be nigh on impossible to find somebody of that ilk for whatever kind of money you get. Four and a, four and a half million, I think we paid for him. And uh, we stack, and I think it's his absolute best, level best uh, piece of work that he's done for Celtic was to convince Scott Brown that Glasgow Celtic and not Glasgow Rangers, because both were in for him at the time. And one, I think Kevin went to Rangers, and we got Scott, and the two of them shouldn't have been split up. There was a chat was going on, and you know. But I think it's the ten years or eleven years he's won seven, possibly eight this year championships. He's been immense for us in Europe uh, and even when we've played bad, he's actually been uh, his stats are massive. I mean, at one point, I think he was he's the best passer of the ball, the most complete passer of the ball in Europe and for Rangers fans to come on and slag him, you know, they call him Lionel Messi that just shows the ignorance. The man has been an amazing football player for Glasgow Celtic and will we see that kind of player again? I hope so. I hope we can entice somebody or, or bring somebody through that youth and get 10 years out of them like we have them. I put Scott Brown in the, the brackets of the Paul Stays, the Tommy Burns, even though he was a Celtic supporter as a young kid, he's definitely one captain fantastic. I love the guy. Roger? Well, you talk about stats there. The stand that jumped out at the me at the weekend, 460th game for Celtic. Um, there can't be too many in the history of the club have played more games for Celtic. As we said earlier on, he's not turned 33 yet. Is that a lot more football in him? He will play well in excess of 500, perhaps pushing 600 games for Celtic. The point you make about will we see his legs again? You probably will, Brian. He's currently wearing the number 63 jersey. It's Kieran Tierney. You would imagine he would be a player. You know, people joke that he models himself in Scott Brown. Certainly in terms of commitment to Celtic. Um, he, he certainly matches Scott Brown Maybe even exceeds Scott Brown Because he grew up as a Celtic fan You're making the point that Scott didn't um, Scott Brown has won a lot He has played an awful lot for Celtic And listen It will go down in history as a terrific Celtic player I'm really enjoying your responses to the full-time teaser in the last couple of weeks. We've had some really tough questions. We're trying to make them tough to catch the guys out. We've got a good question coming up. Stay tuned. That's coming next. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Backing Scottish football all season long. Please gamble responsibly. Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel here with me, Gordon Duncan. On tonight's show, we are 20 minutes away from kickoff in some big games all around the country. Of course, we've been keeping a close eye on things between St. Johnson and Rangers. We brought you the teams a bit earlier on in the top flight as well. We've also got Hearts against Kilmarnock in the Championship. The only game that's beaten the weather is Morton against Livingston. And if you go down the divisions, it's a similar picture. Weather wreaking havoc. However, Peterhead and Clyde is still on, as is Stirling against Edinburgh City. Right, going to give you to a full-time teaser. And... Listen, I'm, I make no apologies. This is tough, okay? Surprise. This is this is going to really test you two. And for you listening at home, I'm going to see what you're made of as well. This is really tough, I, I promise you. Well, I think it is anyway. John Smith has sent this one in. And we are looking for 11 players who have more than 40 English Premier League goals, but no international caps. I'm telling you. This is one of the toughest we've had, I think. So, 11 players with more than 40 English Premier League goals, but no international caps. <laughs> any any that spring to mind? Roger. Dear, dear, dear. <sighs> I'm trying to think. 40. Yeah, the, a couple of centre-halves in there, 40 goals. But why would they not have international caps? What, what, what difference would they make defenders. if they were centre-halves? They're poor defenders. No, listen. You're going to have to go some to have more than forty goals as a centre back. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go down that line too much if I were you. That's the first clue I'll give you. Right. So there, <laughs> we'll eliminate that. That's brilliant. He walked right into that one. He did. Oh, oh well yeah, done. yeah, well, well yeah, done, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, so we're going. Really, you really, really caught me out there. We're going midfield and centre forward. Yeah, you really caught me out. No, I'm none at the moment. No, 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 none whatsoever. Okay. Well, dear. Sometimes they can be too hard I hope you're going to get at least some Right, okay Let's speak to Ian and Paisley And give you two some thinking time Ian Hi there, how are we doing? Good Ian, what's Hi. your point tonight? Points about uh, refereeing And I'll keep that quite open As regards not only football This on the back of Neil Lennon Well, it involves Neil Lennon a wee bit mm-hmm. I'll tell you where I'm going with this one I'm a football fan, not a rugby fan um, And I watched the Scotland-England rugby On Saturday afternoon um, and what I was most impressed by was the refereeing. Um, obviously, with modern technology, um, every big decision to get spot on. Um, there was a crucial part in the game when Scotland were winning, and uh, England had the chance of intercepting the ball. I think England got a try. The game was stopped, brought back, and the correct decision was made. Now, that was a massive decision in the game, which could have been given England's way and could have changed the total outcome of that game. Roger, you are well placed, I think, to answer this one. I know you you keep a keen eye on on your rugby as well, and I know the incident that Ian's talking about yeah. as well in 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 that game. What what would be the main differences? Because they are they are obviously two different sports, so I'm not sure it's as simple as saying, "Well, obviously it works in rugby, well, so therefore it works in football." Yeah, but, and, but maybe Ian does have a point. They, they they will soon have the opportunity for it to work like that in football through VAR. But basically, what Nigel Owens employed at the weekend was VAR. He went to the big screen. He asked the, the the video referee his thoughts on the on the matter and decided the on pitch decision was incorrect and they brought it back for the correct decision. Um, it, it's interesting how rugby does police itself. There was another incident during the game involving the two number eight Ryan Wilson and Nathan Hughes on the pitch. Nigel Owen seemed 
quite happy just to let things go on. Yep. And yet England have had a little whine after it. All of a sudden, Ryan Wilson's being cited for alleged eye gouging um, and could miss the Ireland-Italy games. I think he faces a disciplinary panel in London tomorrow and could be out. So I, I like the way other sports make decisions. They use technology to get decisions right, whether it's Hawkeye in tennis, whether it's going to the third umpire in cricket, whether it's using this system that Nigel Owens employed at Murrayfield on Saturday. Uh, I, I know the downside, the cons of bringing in VAR and all the like, the delays in the game, but I've always said any tool that can be used to get the decisions right should be used Ian what if we can't get the decisions right though What if we are striving for perfection In an area where perfection just simply is not possible Where if you go to a VAR We still can't reach a consensus On whether it was the right decision or not Because my word I'm sure you've realised Ian We don't agree on anything up here I mean you look no, at look You at, can look at it for either point of view I mean the big one I suppose is Neil Lennon at the weekend Exactly because I'm still seeing people Ian Who have seen that on television numerous times And I'm still hearing people say Oh that was a stonewall penalty And I'm also hearing people say That's never a penalty in a million years So if if the I video think, assistant think, ref is as conflicted yeah. Then are we any further forward? Well I think definitely Because you get to see it again I mean the chances of big decisions getting called wrong are minim- you know, It's minim- minim- minimised it completely And when Neil Lennon His actions at the weekend I mean, Neil Lennon seems to have a short memory because uh, there's been big decisions that have gone for his club this season. I could give you a couple. Like, um, he was moaning about not getting a penalty against Rangers. They won that game. He moaned about... Uh, he didn't mention the fact that I think it was Ryan Jack that got sent off against Hibs. The Rangers lost the game, but yet the it got was rescinded. I mean, these are big key points in a game where he seems to forget that. Everybody kind of knows that irons itself out over the season. But Neil Lennon seems to have this bee in his bonnet that everybody's against him and everybody's decisions against him, which is not the case. Roger, have you been keeping an eye on the way this is working in some of the other countries? Because another accusation that I hear and I completely understand, that moment, that moment when the ball hits the back of the net, that rush of sheer joy that you get as a football fan, which is one of the best things about being a football supporter, are we at risk of taking that away? Yeah, you possibly are, and you, you see. Would that not be a you unbelievable see some of the shame? scenarios that are painted that you know there's a goal at one end, and you don't realise it's a goal and play rages to the other end, and somebody scores at the other end, and it's brought back, and the original goal is given, and the second one's cancelled out. These are the anomalies. The, yeah, they are the scenarios that are being painted by people who oppose the likes of VAR. Mm. I tend to think if you get the decisions right, that's the most important thing. Now, had VAR. Being employed at Rugby Park on Saturday lunchtime There are several decisions could have been changed Could F.A. Ambrose have been red carded for, for taking down Jordan Jones? Could uh, Kevin Clancy having had another look at the Ryan Porteous handball Could he have changed his mind? So, listen, it's not an exact science But I'll be fascinated to see how it works And whether it improves the decision making process Thank you to Ian and Paisley Some very good points indeed if we got any on this teaser I said it was hard I'm And I'm now starting to worry That it's a bit too hard I right. hope you at least get some of them I'm going to throw one in But I'm, I might be wrong Just here. in case You've just joined us And you missed the question We're looking for 11 players Who've got more than 40 English Premier League goals But no international caps Is Troy Deeney one? No oh, That's me now That was one of the ones I'd written <laughs> Is that you? I'm just thinking pen- right Penalty that? takers Mark Noble at West Ham? No <laughs> 
Oh, we're going to struggle here. Forty's a fair number. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to think. Current players. A lad, Callum Wilson at Bournemouth. No, 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 no. He'll not have over forty. No. Dwight Gale. No. And the boy played with Everton, Campbell. Who? Kevin Campbell. Kevin Campbell. Kevin Campbell is top of the list. Oh, that's been Eighty-two, 82 English Premier League goals, no caps. No so there caps. we are. Um, uh, what? If I could, and not, it's far too early to give out clues as such. But if I could steer you, I wouldn't worry too much about current players, Roger. Ah, come on, Roger. I've got Kevin Campbell. Help me out. I mean, I'm not saying that every single one of them, but yeah. I, in fact, yeah, I wouldn't. Let's not worry too much about current players. Sure, sure. Definitely. Can I make it even tougher? It is, I'm afraid. Uh, Rod Wallace. <laughs> Hold on, I mean, where is your phone? My phone's there. I've never even looked at my phone. Rod Wallace is one of them. What about strike partner Lee Chapman? Nope. Oh, Rod, Rod Wallace has got 43 English Premiership goals. Here we no go. Caps. He's just been in the telly. Tim Sherwood. Nope. No. He was capped, is he not? I don't know. I can't remember. Another wee one. If you, if you, just to think down these lines, maybe someone who has played. Who is from a football powerhouse of a nation And so it's not that they weren't a good player It's just that pff, to get a cap is going to be tough Like you Brazil Well Germany Mikel Arteta Yes, Mikel Arteta There we are 42 goals oh, For Everton know. and Arsenal of course But just never made it into the Spain squad Ooh, Because good. it was such a good team wasn't it? Yeah yeah, see where I'm going with that one. Yeah, no, right. Where okay. You're going. If you've got any Hopefully thoughts on Twitter, if you want to, if you want to take part, I mean, I'm not going to read the answers out. Last thing I want to do is make it easy for the guys. But if you've got any thoughts you want to throw in, uh, there we go. Simon Pettigrew's throwing some in. Who? Oh, Anthony Lomax. I'm happy with that. That is one of the answers that they are yet to get. Aunt Heron's got a few. Yep, we're doing well on the old Twitter. Keep your calls coming as well. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's speak to Alec and Renfrew. Hi, Alec. Hi, how you doing, Gordon? Not hey, too Alex. bad at all. What's your point tonight, Alec? Um, I'm afraid I have to uh, take a bit of umbrage with both Gordon and Roger. That's what they're here for, that's I fine. Was, I was listening to, to the Neil Lennon interview and the guy's comments afterwards, and, and it strikes me that so far nobody in the Scottish press, nobody in Clyde, has mentioned anything about what Neil Lennon said. The fact of the matter is that he was perfectly calm other than speak to the fourth official after the penalty decision and Kevin Clancy ran over and sent him off without having a discussion with him at which point he lost his temper and did things that he shouldn't have done but he wasn't sent off for losing his temper he was sent off because he spoke to the fourth official now Gordon I'm sure as an ex-manager you've had discussions with the fourth official before about a contentious decision would you have accepted being sent off in these circumstances? Alec, it's very, it's very hard to judge because I don't know what he yeah, said. We don't know what was f- said. You, you know, I, I don't know what was said to the fourth official. I don't know what Neil's exact words were. I can understand that when Clancy comes over to send them off, I can understand the frustration, the anger. I've been there. I've been sent to the stand myself. You get caught up. You start, you know, saying things that you regret a few days later. But but for the for the sport you can't have a manager, um, you know, with the profile of of Neil standing there clapping his hands in front of a referee. You've you, you can't have that. I'm sorry, you've got to wipe that out. I can understand Neil's Neil's situations where he's saying, well, he stopped me from doing my job. Um, he gave a penalty that 
Neil didn't think was apparently. I can understand all that, but you've got to draw a line somewhere. So to say would Dav get involved in that? I don't know what Neil said to the fourth official. I've been caught up now. I've been guilty as a manager myself. Uh, I can understand that, you know, it's a very passionate game. Um, but you can't stand there and conduct yourself that way when you do get sent off, you know. The, I, I, the, point, the point I make though, Gordon, is at that point up to, to Kevin Clancy come up and, and sent him off, Neil Lennon was perfectly calm. I was watching the game on the telly. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't jumping about. He wasn't shouting and bawling. He was standing, obviously not happy with the, with the penalty decision. From what I could see, he'd done nothing to merit a sending off. Well, that, well that's, a th- that, that's the thing we, we, we didn't Sorry, see. So just, that. Just, just let me finish. Dave, no point has anybody offered any explanation as to why Kevin Clancy sent him off. He was sent off on the advice of the fourth official. Um, so I don't know what has been said between Neil and the fourth official that was why he was sent off you're right the point you make Alec that he lost the rag only after he had been sent off but I think Neil Lennon's in bother because he has been charged with misconduct I think that's a catch-all charge that will take into account what was said between him and the fourth official and then what was said between him and Kevin Clancy he's further been charged with his post-match remarks Um, he basically implied that Kevin Clancy had it in for him now, whether he believes that or not, a very difficult thing to prove. I and mean, when he goes to Hamden to face the SFA on March 15th, I think it'll be almost impossible for him to back that up and you know prove that Kevin Clancy's got it in for him and has made it personal, as Neil said. I think he's in bother. He's been here before. You remember his contract on with Jim Duffy last year. I think he finished up with a suspension. A couple of games at the end of the suspension were suspended, if you know what I mean, to the end of the year. I think he could be looking at a sizable punishment. Thank you, Talik and Renfrew. Kick off in the 7:45 games coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Download the app and score a tap in. Please gamble responsibly. Kick off fast approaching at McDermott Park. Let's check in with Andrew McLean. Yes, the players are out. Not quite a packed house here, but I think I'll let people off with the travel and. The temperature here it is absolutely freezing at McDermott Park. I'll give you a recap of the teams going into this one. It is four changes for St. Johnson from their 2-0 win against Ross County at the weekend. A 4-2-3-1 for them. Alan Manis in goal. A back four of Joe Shaughnessy, Stephen Anderson, Jason Kerr and Aaron Comrie. In midfield, it's Murray Davidson and Liam Craig. Blair Alston, George Williams and Matty Willock. In behind Chris Kane, the subs, Clark, Miller, McLean, Wotherspoon, Johnston, Gordon and Thompson. As for Rangers, it's one change for them, a forced one. Declan John out with a groin injury. Andy Halliday comes in for him. The team in full, Wes Fodringham in goal. A back four of James Tavernier, Russell Martin, David Bates and Andy Halliday. Sean Goss and Greg Doherty in midfield. Daniel Kandeas, Josh Windass and Jamie Murphy are in behind Alfredo Morelos. The Rangers bench, Jack Anik, Kenny Miller, Lee Hodson, Eduardo Herrera, Bruno Alves, Jason Holt and Jason Cummings were just about to get underway here at McDermott Park. The referee is Stephen McLean. Thank you to Andrew McLean. We'll keep you up to speed on anything that happens inside the opening stages at McDermott Park. St Johnson against Rangers, Hearts against Kilmarnock as well and in the Championship, a big one. Morton fans, I'm sure you will be uh, expecting big things at home this evening. Let me read this email to you. Um, I mean, I kind of love it, but I feel bad for loving the email. I hope you don't mind. Let me explain. It's sent in by Tom Collins. Right, listen to this. He says, 
Travelling down to Dundee from Aberdeen tonight To watch Dundee United and the mighty Queen of the South My first Queen's game in five years Totally gutted to find out the game was called off Even worse because I only found out (laughs) Thanks to Gordon DL's answer on Beat the Pundit (laughs) (laughs) Never wanted that man to be more wrong in my life Me and my mate Adam let out a collective No when it was correct Oh well back up the road Mackie D's in hand Tom Collins from Crawford John Oh feel for him You've got to feel for him Because remember you give the answer And then we wait to go through them So (laughs) they've actually had to sit there and go Hold on a minute And then I'm I'm going through them One by one Right name a championship game That's off tonight And I'm afraid to say Tom and his mate Adam Back up the road With their McDonald's Sitting there with an unhappy meal Honestly Always Always got them done He's got the puns Mm. every night of the week Right It is uh, just after quarter to eight That means we are underway A minute gone At McDermott Park St Johnston nil Rangers nil But uh, St Johnston very much Giving it a good A good go in the early stages Gordon forcing a corner And then coming forward again Yeah they're starting The front foot Taking the game to Rangers um, Obviously the game's Got to settle down Gordon It's only a minute to go A uh, minute gone Plus one twenty four. So Thanks for right. being so precise there Yeah I like to I like to give everybody Especially when they're listening Now fact that games are on Games are off And what's happening But uh, Rangers are on the attack now And uh, try to force yourself Forward and uh, I think it's Goss playing it out to Tavernier. I'm going to give you. Yeah, I think we've yeah, already. Got, I think we've already well, got a, a worrying scene for St Johnson fans, yeah. um, and it's not that man, is it? Every week, Roger. Yeah. It seems Murray Davidson. How many injuries does the no, guy seem to pick up? I don't think it is. Um, and he's down at the moment. It seems to have taken a sore one. A combination of Jamie Murphy and his own teammate actually have collided with Murray Davidson. Yeah, and he's. A bit of pain Getting treatment Only a couple of minutes gone So you know It could be a bad start A friend of the show Chris Miller's on the bench He would be You would think The ready made replacement For uh, Murray da- Davidson If he's going off Is it Davidson Is it Stephen McLean I think he said a wee, I think he said A wee haircut Roger, no, it's a, I think no, that's a, just a beard. He had a beard At the weekend oh, no, When he scored A couple against Ross Kenny It is Davidson We're just trying to Check his number there Yeah it's yes. Davidson He's just had a wee haircut Ma- I think it's Matty Willink His teammate Who's actually injured him there, I'm alert Jamie, to these things Jamie Murphy escaped With the ball So um, Stephen McLean The referee Not Stephen McLean The, the striker Has stopped play Ball's gone out I think it'll come back To Rangers but um, not a stunt Murray Davidson We're looking for After his two goals Now in against Ross County At the weekend He's okay He's just Right we're still off. looking for A good few answers <laughs> right. On the teaser Well done to you For taking part on Twitter 11 players More than 40 English Premier League goals No international caps We've right. got Kevin Campbell Rod Wallace And Mikel Arteta So far So <laughs> quite a way to go Well I'm going to I'll throw one in Go go I played golf with him Last year I'm going to need his name Dean Holsworth oh. Well done Yeah he's got 63 for Wimbledon and Bolton So no England caps for him Uh, Kevin Nolan Yes 69 goals The one we think may have been capped Kevin Davis Yeah he's he's been capped Was he capped? That was one We were thinking back When Dad said Rod Wallace Going back to those teams So Leeds won the league Last year before the Premiership Blankburn won Paul Warhurst Nope Oh, oh, great shit The other one in the Blackburn team We thought was Jason Wilcox Nope oh. Matt um, Bright Yes Oh, Different class He's got 50 Leicester Palace Sheffield Wednesday Bright Charlton. and Bright Mike Newell Nope Oh Who? Right, a couple more to go Let's speak to Laurie and Denison Hi Laurie Hey panel Good evening Hi, uh, I realise the programme Is uh, reaching its conclusion 
So I'll try and be as brief as I can. You know, uh, even if I don't participate in a program, I always enjoy listening to the show because of the diversity of opinions that are expressed. I, Colin, a regular caller from Easter House, a Ranger supporter, especially, I told him on Friday night predicting that the deficit over the weekend would be reduced. Laurie, two seconds before I let you continue. Yep. Kilmarnock are a goal up at Tynecastle thanks to Eamon Brophy. On you go. Well, my partner Karen will be well delighted about that. He's a Kelly fan, uh, as are our two brothers who are season tick holders. Anyway, again, back to Colin. Uh, he had predicted that the deficit at the top of the league would be reduced over the weekend because, in his opinion, Aberdeen would beat Celtic because, in his estimation, it was long overdue, as though that was a science. Colin, uh, if you missed the last display of Healy's Comet, the next visible uh, nighttime uh, sighting will be in the year 2062, pursuing your argument is uh, rational. A conclusion. So hang in there, Colin. Uh, anyway, I, my main point was I listened to Graham Murty, and you know what? Though a Celtic fan, that guy is a sensible, rational man. He doesn't trash talk or speak in riddles. Uh, unlike Kachinya, he's very respectful. Uh, Celtic, now that they're free of the Euro distractions, I feel they can now they can fully concentrate on retaining the domestic treble and the knowledge of returning to our ranks will be stalwarts such as Boyata, Armstrong and Griffiths. The panel starts. Um, yeah, I mean... We certainly see the logic in that. Yeah. I mean, Celtic will get stronger when Craig Gordon comes back in, Stuart Armstrong comes back in, Lee Griffiths comes back in, Patrick Roberts played in the development team the other night. Celtic fans have still to see Marvin Comper. Um, Laurie mentioned Dedrick Boyata there is another. So... You know, Celtic have had to get through a sort of midwinter of discontent, injury-wise, if you like. Um, they will only get stronger as those players come back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many of them get back into the team. You know, whether or not Bayata can manage to, you know, oust Ajer or, or, or Simunovic, or you know, what would be the preferred central defensive pairing where everyone fit. Daz will tell you Stuart Armstrong would walk straight back into the team Craig Gordon would definitely walk straight back into the team and we'll have arguments from here forever Roger, as to whether it should be Dembele or Griffiths Murray Davidson's down again this time it's a head knock with Josh Windass listen to this Stilling Albion against Edinburgh City kicked off at 7.45 a handful of minutes ago and it's off already well that that's a bad decision by the referee to let the game start um, uh, or it's, it certainly looks like it So we're, we're waiting to get confirmation But it looks like it at the moment That may change but yeah Well we have a reporter at Fourth Bank tonight John Doherty who texted while I was on the show Asking how many words his report would be And <laughs> and added a little bit at the bottom A thousand that, That's assuming we get any football So he was obviously of the opinion at the time The game was in jeopardy I can't think how at 7.45 it's good to go At 7.52 it's off Right let's get cracking oh, in this no. teaser Thank you to Laurie Sorry we couldn't chat for a bit longer Laurie Because time very much against us And these two are miles off it on the teaser We're looking for 11 players More than 40 English Premier League goals No international caps Here's We've Aaron. already got Kevin Campbell Kevin Nolan yeah. Dean Holdsworth Mark Bright Rod Wallace Mikel Arteta My, my last effort 
Did the Canel get a cup? That's the one that I thought you were going to get. That's an obvious one because oh. I said about the big footballing nations. So mm-hmm. the Canel just never quite good enough to make Roger. it into the Italy squad. Well, but, but the same thing, Benito Carboni? No. I would no. go back to the English ones now if I were you. Or um, certainly kind of home nation I'm just types. Just look at that. Kevin Campbell shoots. Steve Bold. Did he get 50 no. goals from the back? Must be Bolton players in there. Why must there be Bolton players? What sort of logic is that? Because they, 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 they actually <laughs> scored a lot of goals. But <laughs> well, well, none of their players okay, were really capped. These good teams. What about that Newcastle team? Rural Fox or Darren Peacock? Or people like that? No. Mm. We're going to need clues. Center forward. Jason Yule. Nope. Oh. Who did he get a cap with? Didn't score four Remember, goals. A- Aston Villa. This wee guy scored quite a lot of goals for Aston Villa I'm thinking round about the 99 season So Man United's treble winning season Remember Villa were right up there for a long time They had Dion Dublin didn't they Who else did they have though Speedy striker Quite small Also played for Leicester JJ would be his initials Julian Joachim Julian oh, Joachim Oh okay. Never a Ah, We're struggling We're really up against it I'm not sure we're going to get it right no. Next Give one in. Crystal Palace and Spurs his two teams Scored a lot of goals This guy 71 in the English Premier League I'm, I'm, I'm Shares I'm, a surname With the first man in the moon Oh Chris Armstrong Chris Armstrong oh, I would get well, would be Right I think we're out of time I don't think we're going to get The other two that you were looking for Were Graham Stewart And Noel Whelan No Whelan Thank you to Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Still goalless At McDermott Park We're back tomorrow night With Mark Guidi And Alex Ray Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Bet and play and pull a result out of the bag. Please gamble responsibly.